from Tokyo, Japan and New Plymouth, New Zealand. This is Down to Business English with your hosts, Skip Montreux and Samantha Vega. Hello, everyone. Thanks so much for downloading us today. In the last episode of Down to Business English, I spoke to Steve Toy, the CEO of the popular language learning app Memorize. We talked about his career path, the size of the global language learning app market, and the origin story of Memorize and their approach to language acquisition. Today, in part two of that interview, Steve tells me about how Memorize uses AI and GPT technology to create an effective and engaging learning experience. Later, Samantha will join me to discuss some of the words and phrases that came up in my conversation with Steve. So let's do it. Let's get D2B down to business with language learning in the AI age. Part two of my conversation with Memrise CEO Stephen Toy. Yeah, and I'm quite quite interested in trying it out. I'm going to give it a year and see how it does. So, where exactly does the AI come in? Like, which part of the application is it being used, and 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 how is it being used? So there are two key intersections between AI technology and what we do. And the first and arguably most significant uh, application is a, a bit harder to see, and it is in the immersed side of the equation. Mm -hmm. So historically, it has been very, very, very difficult for companies like us or any company to make enough content that is... Um, at the right level for our learners and is interesting, right? It just making that much content is very difficult. It's very costly. And people in the education space aren't making uh, hit shows for Netflix for a reason. Right? Um, we, right. That's not our skill set. So what technology has given us the ability to do is take the almost infinite content that you can find in any language on YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and so on. Um, we can take that content and with this new technology, break it down into the words and phrases that are in that video content. We can then compare that to our dictionary so that we can compare it to the words that you know. So that when you learn 300 words of Japanese in our application, we can say, hey, Yep, here is the videos that you have a chance of understanding with those 300 words. Right. Um, and so we no longer have to build content assuming, you know, uh, in advance, the words you know. We can just say, let's take the words you know right now and give you the videos that are there. And if we have enough of it, you can watch videos about sports if you're interested in sports or music if you're interested in music. Or cooking, if you're interested in cooking. And so that is the first place where AI is intersecting, which is we are filtering the world's content based on the words you know and doing it with enough content 
then you could find stuff you like. Um, and that will keep you engaged because you are. With- Absolutely. There's no bigger motivator than to understand something in another language right. and to push you forward. Right. And, and the second intersection? So the second intersection is on the communicate side. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have found, as I was mentioning earlier, is most people don't want to speak because they're afraid of being judged. But speaking early on in the process is essential. Output, output, Watch output, a baby yeah. learn a language, right? And they do it and they don't learn all the language and then start talking. I start with mama and dada and, you know, food and, you know, that sort of thing. So what we did is we removed the human from the equation. We used the large language models that are out there. Um, in our case, we are currently deploying GPT-3 and 4 in our app, um, but we can use other language, large language models as well to make conversations. And so we bound conversations to certain situations and give you practice. So for example, you can go and order a coffee in Madrid in Spanish or try to get a restaurant reservation in Paris, in French, right? And, and so get, you know, order some sushi in Tokyo. And by having those conversations with a robot that can have credible, ever-changing conversations and not get completely knocked off course, gives you the opportunity to practice. And so people wind up using this as a bit of batting practice before they go out in the world. Right, they they practice, you know, ordering a coffee, ten, fifteen times, and then they go down to the lobby and actually order a coffee because they've got the confidence of a few tries without human judgment before they get the game. So, at the moment, you've mentioned a few scenarios, like in a hotel or in a coffee shop. Do you have missions or modules? I'm not sure what to call them that focus on a certain area. This being a business English learning podcast, mm-hmm. would there be something for aimed specifically at a certain at a certain profession? So um, it's funny that you use the term mission because that's what we call it over here too. Um, so we have. Uh, many, many missions and making more every day. And we have some of the more practical things that you can imagine when people are traveling, I'm going to order a coffee. They want to get a restaurant reservation. They want to get a train ticket at uh, the train station. Um, also, people want to have conversations with their peers and their coworkers or their in-laws if they married somebody from a- another country. And we are continuing to build the various different missions. We will likely get to the point where we will let our users say, okay, here's the kind of mission I want to have um, and start to shape you know, which missions are available. Mm. But the short answer is yes, we can make missions of just about anything that you can encounter in the real world and allow you to practice that. Mm. We also can you know, intake uh, video from anything you want. So imagine a world where um, a, a person engaged in the you know, business world and selling mm. um, wants to um, take a selling 101 course in the language that they're looking to learn. Well, we can ingest the selling 101 YouTube video 
Mm. We can break it down into its words and phrases and turn it into a lesson where you learn the words. You know, like, here's all the words. You learn all these words, you'll understand this video. You understand this video, you'll have the words that allows you to talk and have a conversation with a bot about a sales opportunity. And then you will be able to go out into the real world with this, you know, more focused knowledge of the language. And you don't have to learn to count to a hundred or learn all the names of people in a family, or learn 10 different names for fish, when that is not what you're going to do with the language. You can say focused on the thing that you want. Well, as a English teacher, I am scared. <laughs> so, okay, thank you, Steve. That's, I've got a very good understanding of what Memorize is and what it does and where it's going. And I'd kind of like to ask you about that where where is all of this going with integrating this technology in the future will humans actually need to learn other languages or will we be able to rely simply on some technology uh, to help us communicate with each other and i'm thinking about star trek the way they would meet aliens from other planets and they would have these communicators or translators, I don't even know what they were called, to instantly be able to communicate between two completely foreign languages. Is this where we're headed? Well, I think that there is no doubt that the translation systems that are out there will become faster and faster and faster, and they will be they have less and less friction in them, and you will be able to navigate the world more easily by having this sort of thing. So that is probably going to happen. But just having a universal translator um, does not actually um, help understanding across cultures and so on. Mm. It, is, it is pretty well known that uh, language really shapes the way people view and relate to the world, right? And it comes across with vocabulary and grammar and idioms and proverbs and how polite um, a language might be or what taboos are baked into it. So, um, for example, well, Japanese, for example, Japanese, Korean, French, they're, they're very polite languages with lots more words to convey respect and status as opposed to, say, Russian or Arabic, which is much more direct, mm -hmm. right? And that's not to say that they're rude, it's just more direct. And if you've interacted with people from those cultures, you can realize that there is a certain deference and, you know, um, you know, um, a relation to status and structure where uh, in Japan, mm -hmm. as opposed to Russia or Belarus, where it's right straight to the point. Um, and, you know, grammar is another good example, right? There is strict grammar rules in German, whereas there's much less strict rules in English. Right. And if you think about, you know, the German people compared to the, you know, English people, right? The 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 way they relate to the world mm -hmm. kind of mirrors that. Hebrew has more taboos in it than say Spanish. And you can sort of see that and feel that in the people. Um Japanese, German has has a rich vocabulary with nuanced words um, and and words to convey you know subtleties of emotion, which um, you know uh, sort of speaks to a greater depth of feeling and awareness of the types of feelings one has. And, you know, as a famous word in German, you know, Schadenfreude, mm. right? It is a very you know 
complex word to explain this complex emotion of taking a little bit of joy in somebody else's misfortune. There is no word like that in English um, because um, there's just so much more nuance and complexity in that language. And you will never get that from just translation, right? Um, So I don't think that um, learning other languages will go by the wayside because we do want to understand each other and language is important for that. Hmm. Well, that is definitely some food for thought. Thank you so much, Steve. Where can someone find Memrise? Or where do you suggest they, they learn more about your product and your application? Well, the easiest place is probably Memrise.com. And we spell it M-E-M-R-I-S-E. Um, so Memrise.com or in the Apple or Google store, just search for Memrise and we pop right up. And that's probably the best way to, you know, dive into our world of language learning where you get an AI assist that you just can't get anywhere else. And I am definitely going to continue with my memorize experiment and see how I make out learning or improving my Japanese. And I will touch base with you in about a year from now and and, uh, be able to give you a testimonial one way or another. Just to finish off, was there anything else you would like to share with the down to business English audience? I, I think the, the, the main thing is just get in the game when, when it comes down to it. If you're trying to learn a language, I, there's nothing that's going to be just time on task. So just swan dive into it, you know, find things that interest you, that you like, that will keep your attention and use that to spend time on task. Um, that's the way to accomplish the objective. Thanks so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure. It was a great joy to be here. Memrise sounds like a great language learning app. Oh, hi, Samantha. <laughs> hi, Skip. Yes, the Memrise team has certainly put a lot of effort into developing their platform. Thanks for joining me today to go through some of the vocabulary that came up in my conversation with Steve. Not a problem. Shall we get into it? Absolutely. Let's get D2V down to vocabulary. Do you find down to business English helpful in your English studies? Consider becoming a D2B member today to learn and retain even more words, phrases and expressions used by native English speakers in professional situations. What do you get with a D2B membership plan? First, bonus content in the form of exclusive members-only D2B episodes. Second, expanded D2V or Down to Vocabulary episodes that accompany each public episode of Down to Business English. Third, Full access to the entire library of D2B audio scripts, all the way from Season 1, Episode 1, to our most recent D2B episode. And on top of all of that, D2B members receive automatic email delivery of audio scripts for recently released episodes. No longer will there be the need to go through the time-consuming process of visiting the website, logging into your account, locating an episode, and then downloading the audio script file. Interested in becoming a D2B member? Visit the Down to Business English website and click on the membership link at the top of the page to sign up.
and start enjoying these benefits today. I want to start with the noun intersection. In the literal sense, an intersection is a place where two roads meet. As in the intersection of Fifth Avenue and West 34th Street in New York City. Yes, as in that intersection. What makes you point out that particular intersection? <laughs> it's a very famous intersection. Really? What would I find at the intersection of Fifth Avenue and West 34th Street? If you go to the intersection of Fifth Avenue and West 34th Street in New York City, you will find none other than the Empire State Building. Oh, really? I did not know that. Interesting. So, that is the literal meaning of intersection. But you can also use this word idiomatically to refer to the place two or more concepts or ideas meet. And that is how Steve used intersection in the interview. I asked him to explain how artificial intelligence was being used in the Memrise app. He answered that there were two key intersections between AI technology and what the Memrise app does. In other words, there are two important areas in the app where AI is used. AI is used in the immerse activities and the communicate activities, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. Can you give us an example using intersection in a business context? The logistics industry is full of intersections. What do you mean? The entire field is intersected by technology, transportation and finance. To be a logistics expert, you really need to have a good understanding of each of those three areas. Nice example. You know, I've always been interested in logistics. I often wonder if I didn't become a corporate language instructor, if I would have somehow ended up in logistics. Anyway, what is our next word? Let's take a look at the two-part verb to wind up. Wind up can have several nuances depending on the context it is used in. But the meaning we want to focus on is to find yourself in an unexpected situation as the result of something you did. In the interview, Steve mentioned that people wind up using Memrise to practice conversations in a second language before they go out into the world to use the language in real life. So Steve was implying that people start to use Memrise to learn vocabulary, but they find themselves, perhaps a little unexpectedly, having practice conversations with Memrise. Which utilizes the AI functionality of the app. That is right. That is one of the ways AI intersects with it. Can you give us another example using WindUp? Sure. Do you know what time I got out of the office on Friday? No, I don't. What time did you finish work on Friday? Well, my plan was to leave right at 5 o'clock and get a good start on my weekend. But about 30 minutes before I was going to leave, I received an email from a customer about a problem they were having. I wound up staying in the office until 8 p.m. dealing with that issue. Oh, an unexpected situation. Unexpected and in this case, unpleasant. Our next and final word on D2V today is the idiomatic expression, 
the short answer. The phrase, the short answer is, can be used to give a brief response to a question. When you use this phrase, you are indicating that there is more to the answer, but that you are communicating the key point. I asked Steve if Memrise has content specifically aimed at certain professions. He answered by saying, the short answer is yes. Steve was telling Skip that Memrise is capable of providing content specifically aimed at certain professions, but he didn't go into detail about how it does that. This is a good phrase to use when you think it is not necessary to go into too much detail at that particular time. Steve could have gone on and on about how users can use Memrise to find content related to their business field or industry. But in this situation, he realized that Skip didn't need to know every detail about it at that particular moment. Skip just wanted a simple yes or no. So Steve gave him the short answer. Samantha, can I ask a question? Sure, Skip. What would you like to know? When you were not recording radio shows, and working on Down to Business English with me, what do you do in your other job? I am a workforce coordinator. A workforce coordinator, what is that exactly? I help young people find their first jobs through work experience, training, or other things to make people more employable for their futures. But the short answer is I help young adults get jobs. Would you like to help D2B reach more people wanting to improve their business English skills? Be sure to follow D2B on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or any place podcasts are found. While you are there, leave a rating and a review and tell everyone how much you enjoy the show. And that brings us to the end of my interview with Stephen Toy of Memrise. D2B members, bonus vocabulary for today's episode will drop in the next day or so. So, be sure you are subscribed to your members-only RSS feed so that you get that episode delivered to you when it is released. In that bonus episode, Samantha and I will explain and demonstrate five additional words and phrases from part two of the interview. Those words and expressions are to remove something from the equation, batting practice, to be baked into, to speak to something, and to go by the wayside. All of these are very, very useful to use in business meetings and discussions. The audio script for today's episode and all D2B episodes are available in the audio script library on the Down to Business English website. And finally, D2B members and non-members, I encourage you to give the Memrise app a try. You can download it for free from the Apple App Store or Google Play. Just search for Memrise. M-E-M-R-I-S-E. Thanks for listening, everyone. See you next time. Have a comment or question about today's show? Don't be shy. Visit the D2B website or Facebook page and post any comments or questions there.
Skip, Des or Samantha will be sure to leave a reply. Down to Business English. Business news to improve your business English.